Hey friends, welcome to Doable Discipleship, a Saddleback Church podcast designed to help you deepen your faith, or as we love to call it, a show that helps you grow. My name is Jason Wheland. I'm a spiritual growth pastor here at Saddleback, and today we're going to be starting this Christmas season. We're so excited. It's finally December, one of my favorite times of the year. I get to, I, I love seeing it through the eyes of my kids now. It's just a super fun time. And what a better way to start this season than to have a conversation about wonder. That's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be joined by Jason Williams, the campus pastor of Saddleback Lake Forest, who is going to talk about just how are we called to kind of embrace this idea of awe and wonder. And, um, and there's just so much opportunity for that when we think about God, his love for us, and especially when we think about the Christmas season too. I wanted to make a couple of notes before we dive into that conversation. First, um, as I said, it's getting to be a Christmas time at Saddleback. So make sure to go online at saddleback.com to find out all things related to Christmas at Saddleback. We'll have information about service times for later in the month, and we'll have information about light of the world. This is something that we started doing as a church last year, and we're really excited to do it again. It'll be a, a walking experience here at the Lake Forest campus. So if you live in the Southern California area, make sure to come and check that out. You can find out all the info you need at saddleback.com. Also wanted to note a, a little a little early Christmas present for you. We are going to be launching a new podcast from the Spiritual Growth Team at Saddleback. It's going to be called Found, and really it's, it's looking at having a conversation at the intersection of Christian belief and culture, where we always aim to find Jesus in the way we think about and respond to our world. So that's going to be uh, hosted by Linda Tokar and Brandon Bathauer. We're just really excited to start those conversations. So be on the lookout for that podcast. Found it. I think it's going to be dropping sometime in the new year. Um, and also make sure to be checking out The Well. That's that's the other podcast uh, that is produced by our team, um, hosted by Brandon Bathauer. And so you can listen to those 15-minute reflection pieces that Brandon does. So be checking out The Well, be on the lookout for Found, and uh, yeah, we're just really excited to be spending this Christmas season with you. Um, so the next couple weeks are going to be our Christmas specials that we do every year. I'm, I'm really excited to be doing those again, so be uh, on the lookout for that next week. We'll start Christmas special, the, the first part of it, A Mighty Savior Foretold, and then we'll have part two the week before Christmas. So be on the lookout for those. So right now, uh, let's join the conversation with myself, Linda Tokar, and Jason Williams about wonder. Okay, Jason, thank you so much for being with us today. We're really excited to have you back. My pleasure. Hey, this was what, like two months? Next time, I know. Uh, it might be like a week or two. So, you know what? We're Don't on the tempt right road. me, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Do not tempt me. Yes. Um, so, we're excited because today we wanted to talk with you about wonder. So, mm. a couple months ago at a staff meeting, yep. you shared this message with our staff yep. about wonder, and it really struck me. So, what led you to feel like you needed to share this message about wonder at that time? Yeah, I think a, a few things, actually. I, at the time, I was reading through First Timothy, and, and I was struck by the beginning all over again where, where Timothy... Now, well, let me back up and say, 
to understand First Timothy, you've got to understand the context. And this was a time when Paul's sitting in prison because of riots that had been blamed on the Christians, and Rome had started to crack down. So there Paul is in prison. He knows it's probably the end. In fact, he tells Timothy, as he writes to him, that this is probably the end for me. And Timothy isn't in prison, but Timothy is sort of laying low with the rest of the church, discouraged, frustrated, fearful, scaring, uh, or fearing for his own life. And he's trying to figure out, well, how do I move forward? He's got problems in his church. He's dismayed. He's discouraged. And Paul writes him. And, and that's, I, I got to say this too, that's the beautiful thing about God's Word, right? That we can view it as, as something handed down by a distant cosmic observer, which isn't the Bible at all. Right. God used people to write to people they loved and had deep relationships with in order to encourage them. And in this instance, Paul hears a whisper from the Spirit, hey, Timothy's struggling. Why don't you reach out to him and share something with him? And so Paul begins, and he writes to Timothy, and he reminds, them, reminds him who he is. Hey, I knew your grandmother. I knew your mother. And you've got the same faith that they have. And then he goes on, and I love it, because in, in 2 Timothy uh, 1, uh, verses 6 and 7, he reminds Paul this, about this gift that he's been given. He says, he has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. This has now been made evident through the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And before that, He had told him, Hey, let me remind you of this, to rekindle the gift that is in you. And I was just thinking about that one day, and I was like, Ah, I think what Paul is telling Timothy is don't lose the wonder over this gospel message, this message that you have been given the opportunity to be a steward of. Don't lose that. And he wants to rekindle. He wanted to reignite the wonder that he knew that Timothy had once known. And so that word wonder was sitting with me, and I was just thinking about our staff and thinking, man, if there's ever something that we need to recover in this season coming out of COVID, it's, it's a sense of wonder. And about that time, somebody had suggested a, a book to me. It was called The Wonder Switch. It was written by a, a Christian mag magician named Harris III. And I was reading through it. And just that, that idea, it just stoked kind of a new wave of, of wonder in me. And so I was like, I, I'd love to share this with our staff. So that was the, the backdrop for bringing that to staff meeting that day. Well, and I love that you brought out the fact that that um, the letter was written to Timothy in a time when his wonder needed to be, you know, when he was losing sight of that. And yeah. I think, you know, the New Testament tells us everything that was written for our learning. So the same encouragement that Timothy got from being reminded mm -hmm. of the wonders of God is the same kind of encouragement that we need right now. So why is it so important for believers in Jesus to, to maintain that sense of wonder? Yeah, that's a great question, and I think I think there's maybe a, a few uh, ways I would respond to that. One, uh, I'll quote a a not so great theologian, great thinker, but I'm not sure from a <laughs> theological standpoint. But I've I've always I loved what Albert Einstein said one time. He said there are many there are two ways to live your life. One is as though nothing is a miracle. The other is as though everything is a miracle. Mm. And I think when, when we as Christians are sort of stewards of this, this message of hope, of joy, of, of life eternal, uh, it's just bathed in wonder. 
And for us not to live as though everything is a miracle seems to run counter to the, the, the joy that, that that gospel message is ripe with. I, I also think about um, something that Socrates said one time. Not our Socrates, the worship <laughs> I, pastor. I was going to say, Lake, yeah. a shout out <laughs> to Socrates. <laughs> Socrates Perez, we love you. He probably could have said something profound <laughs> like this. But the old Socrates, way back in Socrates. the day. Yeah, yeah. Socrates. There we go. We'll call him Socrates. <laughs> he said that wisdom begins in wonder. Which is an interesting statement because, and I think there's something to that, because when we live a life of wonder, there's something in us that burns to discover more about who God is, the wonder that He created us to know and to step into and to be stewards of in a way that I think really is foundational to wisdom. And so I think there's a number of things, and I could talk more, but I can tell, Linda, you've got, you, you're responding to this. So well, what, what, what did that stoke in you? Well, the first thing is that before Socrates said it, or Socrates, uh-huh. um, the psalmist said that the awe of God, fear of God, wonder, yep, there you go. is the beginning of wisdom. So <laughs> There you go. And just, so I've been... Our listeners know I have a bent towards research. I love mm-hmm. to just dig in because I believe that the truths of the Bible, science is finally catching up. <laughs> I love it when that happens. <laughs> yeah, it's like, guess what? Oh, yeah. It, yeah, we, we knew that. Here, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God said that a long time ago. Right. And there's actually a gentleman out of Berkeley. Um, his name's Dasher Keltner. And he's been doing research on awe on the experience of awe, he's not a believer necessarily, mm-hmm. but he's, he's a scientist going after this experience of awe and how important it is that we experience awe. He did all kinds of research and he found that when we experience awe, it moves us from self-focus to the focus on others. It moves us from kind of greed and materialism, like our focus on ourself and getting the best for me. It actually moves us outward to generosity and purpose. Like, the experience of awe is tied to a lot of the things that the Bible tells us we should be doing anyway. Mm-hmm. Things like caring about other people and generosity and, and living into that, that experience of God and, and um, loving others and right. all of that. Right. And he was like, awe is the answer to a lot of the ills that our culture is experiencing right True. now is that we've become so sort of just rote and mundane and lost in the day-to-day that we, we forget to look up. Yep. I mean, you talked about the fact that people have their eyes down on their phones and they need to look up and experience. And isn't that what David did? He didn't look up from his phone, but he looked up and he says, consider the heavens and the stars. And he's like, what is man that you are mindful That's right. of me? So just this idea that science is finally going, yeah, we need to look up and look around. Right. And a lot of Keltner's research focused on going out in nature mm. and taking people out. And like he would put people out in nature or people in a sterile room and then he would ask them other questions and just their responses reflected if they had that sense of awe, yep. their responses changed. Right. And they saw themselves differently. They saw the world differently. So yeah. Much more likely to have a, a response that is awe-inspired outdoors in nature than in a sterile room. I, 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 I can imagine that. <laughs> Yeah, and I love that you use the word awe because that's that's another place. If you look at the early chapters of Acts and this explosion of the new church, you you see how often it, it commented on the people that were witnessing these things being amazed and being in awe and wonder. And that propelled them 
to a life of expectancy. They were, they were waiting to see what's going to happen next, right? Mm-hmm. Versus what I think often is the flip side of that, which is a life of worry and anxiety. We live a life of wonder. I think it is an antidote to a life of, of worry and anxiety because I think wonder is a close cousin of faith. Mm-hmm. I mean, Hebrews 11.1, 1, right? Like faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Well, wonder is that thing, I think, that propels faith and makes it possible because it allows us to see the permission to see the things that aren't seen in that moment. And wonder, I think, puts us in that posture of looking and waiting with great expectation for what God's going to do next, not sitting and wondering and worrying what's going to happen to me next. And that's a big difference. And I think wonder plays a huge, huge part in that. So if we can kind of acknowledge that wonder is, it's, you know, it's, it's a point that we can like admire. It's something that we kind of, strive to get that feeling yeah and it's always there because god is always there and so there's always something that we can be in awe of or take wonder in right why is it so easy for us to overlook it (laughs) why is it so easy for us to just kind of not think about it or forget it or look past it you know yeah well i think there's a number of reasons for that and 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 i mentioned that book uh uh wonder switch Mm -hmm. that i read I actually brought, if you don't mind, I'd love to read a snippet because in the book, it actually quotes another book and it's called A Boy's Life by Robert McCammon. And he says something I think related to to your question. He says, see, this is my opinion. We all start out knowing magic. We are born with whirlwinds, forest fires, and comets inside us. We're born able to sing to birds and read the clouds and see our destiny in grades of sand. But then we get the magic educated right out of our souls. We get it churched out, spanked out, washed out, combed out. We get put on the straight and narrow and told to be responsible, told to act our age, told to grow up for God's sake. Mm -hmm. And you know why we were told that? Because the people doing the telling were afraid of our wildness and youth and because the magic we knew made them ashamed and sad of what that allowed to wither in themselves. After you go so far away from it, though, you really can't get it back. You can have seconds of it, just seconds of knowing and remembering. When people get weepy at movies, it's because in that dark theater, the golden pool of magic is touched just briefly. Then they come out of the hard sun of logic and reason again, and it dries up, and they're left feeling a little heart sad and not knowing why. When a song stirs at memory, when notes, or excuse me, motes of dust turning in a shaft of light takes your attention from the world, When you listen to a train passing on a track at night in the distance and wonder where it might be going, you step beyond who you are and where you are. For the briefest of instants, you have stepped into the magic realm. That's what I believe. Now, I love so much in that, and I think it points to some of those things that that do make it hard for us to see and experience the wonder of God. There is, I I will draw one point of, of contention with him, and that's that, I actually don't believe that you can't get it back. For sure. That's, that's not the message of, of the gospel. Right. We, we serve a God who brings dry bones back to life and breathes hope and life into people whose embers of their soul were barely flickering. So I, 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 I do kind of take issue with that. But I think he, he's touched on a few things that, that really are kind of important. One, I think, I think disappointment. Mm. When you... When you think through life disappointments, one of the, I think our defense mechanisms is to say, well, I hoped for that and it didn't come to fruition. So right. it's just easier for me not to hope. Right. 
and not to believe and not to expect than it is to have to try to reconcile or what what happened god i I believed you for this and that didn't happen so i i think i think that's one i think dreams that don't come to fruition those pile up in our lives too and again stuffing wonder can be a bit of an antidote to that you you touched on the distraction looking down at our phone i think yeah we we have so much going on so many competitions for our sure. attention sure. that it's easy for us to just put our head down and try to go and to, to do things and, and and yet i think that is a big deal i think one that we don't talk about a ton is there's a lot of reasons now built into the technology we have to not wonder but we used to look at something and wonder how it worked. We don't have to. Wonder. We, don't have to. We, we used to have to tinker with something to try to reverse engineer it to figure out how does this thing actually do the thing that it does. But now we can pull up a YouTube video and, right. and know in three to five minutes right. right, on just about everything. So I, I think those are some things. I think, I think the, the hyper focus on tragedy in the news, it, mm-hmm. it can seem like there's nothing really to wonder about in our sure. world. I mean, I think about COVID, where we were just coming out of. For nine months, there was a death clock on the side of sure. the screen. Sure, So you got, you, we were constantly bombarded with that, but we never got to hear the stories of people serving others in radical ways right. to help them in these. So I think there's a, there's a whole bunch of things, a whole bunch of reasons that make maintaining a posture of wonder a real challenge in our, in our life and world and faith today. Well, I found a really interesting post. It was by Andrew Tix. It was on a... Um, blog called The Table, which comes out of Biola University, ah, yep. Center for Christian Thought. Want okay. to give credit where credit is due. There you go. Made the remark, the Bible teaches that sensitivity to awe is a virtue that may be cultivated. Mm, I and agree. And so this idea, exactly what you were just saying, is that yes, as we, if we allow ourselves to be surrounded by all the negative, right. and if we don't intentionally cultivate awe, yep we will have fewer and fewer experiences of it. Um, Keltner found that people experience awe something like 2.5 times a week was what okay. people were repeating right. or re- reporting. So that's, that's not a lot. <laughs> you know? um, but the idea that, you know, the scriptures even call us, stop and consider God's mm-hmm. wonder. It's like you need to be intentional. Right. You need to look around. You need to stop what you're doing and look at God and look at his creation and look at what he's done, reflect on what he's done, right. whatever those things are, because as we do that, it will cultivate wonder. Whatever we focus on, you know, Pastor Rick is known for saying, whatever you focus on gets bigger right. and the other things get smaller right. in return. So if we seek and, and pursue wonder right. and awe, right. then we will have more of those experiences. Not that we're seeking an experience, but all we have to do is turn around and look at the good that God has done. Mm and the beauty that we're surrounded with, and we will be inspired, we will experience awe, and then that will have all those wonderful benefits exactly. that we talked about. Yep. So as we're entering the Christmas season, what yeah. is it about this time of year that just lends itself to wonder? <laughs> Besides the lights and music and parties and, and movies, uh, all those kind of do it for me. No, I, I think... <laughs> It's interesting because part of it is a unique and singular focus on, when you think about it at face value, one of the most wonder and awe-inspiring stories that the earth has ever seen. I mean, you, you, you look at the Christmas story. This idea that God 
sent his son, God becomes man, is born to a virgin, and takes on human flesh, and comes and lives among us. And that dramatic entrance where he comes, and in an age where there was no electricity, the sky mm-hmm. just lights up in blinding fashion in a way that must have been incredibly stunning. Just the focus, the singular focus there, I think is is really interesting. It's a time when oftentimes we lay a whole lot that's usually going on in our lives aside, and we can really focus in on who God is and what he did and that moment that he came near. So I, so I think that's one thing. And I think the other thing is, by and large, people just choose to see. It's like we, we, we turn back time mm-hmm. and we become kids all over again, which I think even going back to that snippet that I read is, is a piece of it, that we allow ourselves to dream in ways that we don't any other time. We see images that stoke that in us. We see a lot of things. We cut each other a break. We, we, we give each other the benefit of the doubt. We, we start to notice the things that we love about people again without worrying about all the things that drive us nuts. I mean, sure, we have to put up with our crazy uncle's uh, weird stories at Thanksgiving and eat a couple of fruitcakes at Christmas. So by and large, the experience <laughs> is pretty great. And, and we get to do it with the people that we love. And I think all of that sort of serves in this season to point us to something beautiful, to point us to something beyond that does stoke wonder in a unique way in this holiday season and that's a, yeah and it's so it's so interesting because we see like you know in culture right it try, it tries to make something different of this right. season right as right. you see all, all those christmas movies like yep. the santa claus <laughs> a miracle on 34th street yep. it, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yep. You know, all these ones that have to do with what... <laughs> <laughs> obviously, the classics. Yes. Um, but Elf. It, it, exactly. But it, every one of those kind of... It, it, when you think about those, is you think about this little tinge of wonder, of awe that comes into it. And any time in one of those movies, it starts to snow. Yeah. It's always that moment of, ah, oh, the yes. snow. You know, it's so, it's, yep. it's, in, it's, so, it's so interesting how culture tries to make a season wonderful right when for christians we look to something else to fulfill that right and it's something that we can look to at all times that's exactly right we have that all the time great point and we just emphasize it in this season um and so it, it, it really it really is interesting and then of course you got the christmas songs that talk about how wonder you know wonderful yep. things are too um but yeah it is it is it is a special time and and what's not even if we I look at something like Advent, mm-hmm. right? It gives that role of that emphasis right. of just, okay, stop for these four weeks and think about right. hope, joy, peace, love. That's exactly right. right. And so it's, it's putting, it's, it's a good season of reminder, mm-hmm. of remembrance, yep. almost for Christians, of just focusing back where your focus is due. Right. Right. Love it. Um, Love it. So I, I was... As we're thinking about this episode, yep. I, I wanted to take it kind of maybe even a little step further okay. than just focusing on the Christmas season and focusing on what we talked about and really yep. look at the Christian life. What does the picture of a Christian life look like that has fully embraced wonder? Yeah, I, I think wonder, a posture of wonder literally changes everything about about day-to-day existence. I think somewhat 
when we are rooted in the truth of God's Word and who He says we are and what He invites us into, mm-hmm. I, I think it, it changes almost, almost any moment that we encounter in our lives. I think it, it, when I think about what that life looks like, I think the way I would describe it, I would describe it in a few ways. I, I think it, it's a life that sees new beginnings more than dead ends. That's good. Now, if, if, if we have a, a life of wonder and we see God for who He is, well, even when it looks like a dead end, the, our minds quickly go to, okay, so that's ending. I wonder what's next, yeah. right? Like that, It's a very different approach sure. to life. And so I, I, I think about that. I think about a life that sees possibilities more than obstacles. Mm. I mean, sure, obstacles present themselves, but what does that mean? Does that mean I'm stuck? Or does that mean, there, well, there's a new possibility then? How do I get over it? How do I get around it? How can I right. help somebody else get it? it? Wonder, I think, fuels that, and it changes our perspective. I think wonder, too, when it, when it comes to the Christian life, I think it makes us just crazy enough <laughs> to believe that anything is possible. Sure. Because of the great God that we serve, mm-hmm. and because of a, the signs of wonder all behind us, that mm-hmm. we can... We can take as anchors in our lives to point to, hey, something's coming. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and, and the people that I know, the, the, the Christian, the Christ followers that I most admire are those who embody that, who are just crazy enough. I say, I say this about Rick. Oh, yeah, I was just thinking He's about He's just Pastor crazy Rick. enough to believe that anything is possible. Right. And you think about the impact that that has had, not just on our church and our people, but on the, the global movement of the church. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's astonishing. And then I, I guess the, just the last thing I would say is I think uh, the life that's rooted in wonder marvels at the opportunity before us to be his hands and feet to others. Sure. It propels us. It's like, God, I, I know me, mm-hmm. and I know that I'm not really qualified, and I don't deserve this, but you invite me in. And man, what a privilege and joy that is. There's wonder in that that I think just propels us to love in radical ways, to do radical things, to be involved in things that otherwise we wouldn't be able to get involved in and really gives thanks for and celebrates and steps into those opportunities every chance that we get. Yeah, you. When we started, you talked about the tie between wonder and faith. Mm, yep. And that's, you know, the more we cultivate wonder, then it, it allows us to take those steps of faith and to believe God for these great things right. and to... To recognize, you know, like even what the research says, when we when we experience awe, it moves us from self-focus to others' focus. But as believers, we know that that's because we're empowered by the Holy Spirit to do what He's called us to that's do. Right. Yep. So then we can look out and not be overwhelmed by what mm-hmm. we see, but we can we can by faith take the steps that God has placed in front of us because we know who He is, right? And we know what He's capable of, even if we're not. Yes. So I love that. I love that. So for our listeners, like. How, what do, what do you, what tips would you have for them on how to remember wonder or how to engage with wonder, how to recapture wonder? Yeah, no, that's a great question because it's easy to say, hey, live with wonder. All right, great. I'd (laughs) love to. Tell me, how do I do that? Let me, let me first give the pastoral answer and then I'll, I'll work through some other things. (laughs) I, I think there's just no substitute for time with God. You were talking about staff meeting, and at the last one, I dove into Haggai, mm-hmm. 
And I, I mean, it's, it's literally, it's just a two-chapter book, but it's become one of my favorite in all of Scripture. And, and, and the moment that I love the most is when they're, they're getting ready to build this temple. They're, they're all still kind of looking at each other, wondering what to do, and really haven't gotten much in the way of momentum. And God shows back up, and He speaks through Haggai, and all He says is four words to them. I am with you. And there was something catalytic in those words that just inspired them in a way that was transformative. And they get to work and they, they start building this temple. And God's presence has that effect on us all the time. And yet, it's one of those things that we were talking about, busyness and, and the, the rigors of our day-to-day. It's an easy thing to, to sort of push to the side because there's no shock collar or anything like that when it doesn't happen, right? <laughs> we, we just sort of go and we think, oh, everything's fine. Just and then imagine. we wake up one day. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I'm, gl- I'm grateful that there's not. But uh, it's one of those things that there's not instant feedback on, so we can get a, a little ways down the road, and then we realize, man, I am feeling empty and dry, and oh, you know what? I haven't, I haven't spent time, meaningful time with God in days. So, so, so there's that, and that's everybody expected. Oh, he got a pastor on; he'll he'll say that. So let me. <laughs> I got it out of the way. But, but I, I certainly that's in jest because I do think it is is the crux of the issue. I think the other thing, and it's it's closely related. And you you mentioned look up. I have this here in Mission Viejo. Uh, for those of you who are local, I have this running path around Lake Mission Viejo. And it's this beautiful stretch, and, and the payoff is at about the halfway point on the backside when you're, you're huffing and puffing, you've just run up a hill, and then you're coming along the backside. And a lot of times I'm so tired and overwhelmed that I'm just looking at the ground. I'm staring at the ground running. And on the, the rare days where I've got enough energy to, to remember, hey, I should look up, <laughs> you see across the lake, the beach on the other side, this beautiful mountain kind of framing the backdrop, and, you, and, and I'm just always moved by that, by that picture and in awe. So there is something about looking up. And this is where I think Sabbath is so, so important to wonder. You know, the Sabbath is the thing that God wanted for us, not something that He wants from us. We get that wrong all the time. And one of the ways that I experience that for us is when I take it and I allow myself just to shut down everything that's on my plate and on my to-do list and just take Him at His word. Hey, I want you to rest. It'll all be okay. Meet me in this place. And I go for a hike or do something like that. Always, always, always restores wonder. The Sabbath, I think, is a huge part of what it looks like to cultivate wonder in our lives because it gives us time and space to see the things. Otherwise, we run right past without looking up to see. Yeah, it sounds like it's all about stepping out of the whirlwind, yep. the craziness yep. of, if you're, yep. you know, of the daily. That's right. And instead, making sure that you spend time focusing on, you know, uh, on He who was always there, yes, and yet is ever wonderful. Love it. Right? Uh, well said. Well said. Oh. I think, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Sometimes it just comes to you. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea if it made sense. Words it were did. coming out of my Perfect mouth. Perfect sense. Perfect sense. <laughs> you know, and in those moments, what they inspire a lot of times is, I think, another key, which is, is the practice of gratitude and celebration. Yeah. And uh, there's something, I, I was thinking about this the other day. God practiced gratitude and celebration in creation. Mm-hmm. He'd create things and stand back from it and say, that's good. good. <laughs> Nailed it. You know, it's like, and there was something about naming it that completed the experience, that made the, the experience whole. And I think for us, wonder a lot of times is built on a, 
a glimpse of the ways that God has shown up in our lives in the past such that it stokes that wonder and makes us expectant. And if we're not pausing enough to give thanks and to celebrate things in our lives, then we're going to miss it. Or we're just going to dismiss them as, oh, that just happened, whatever. But when you see a history of those things, it feeds wonder in a in kind of a, a self-propelling way. So I think that's another thing. Yeah. We talked about Christmas. Yeah. Made me think of another one, which is hang out with kids. Mm. If you're struggling with wonder, spend some time with kids. Jesus did it. And I think it wasn't just to, to make a, a, an object lesson. I think it, it was a moment that it, it really fed his wonder because he saw life through kids and it stokes it in us. I have a two-year-old little boy next to, uh, he lives next door to us. And just the other day I was over and I'm like, his name is Asher. And I said, Asher, what you up to, buddy? He's ah, not much. I'm like, real? I don't believe that. I said, what were you playing with before you came out here? And his eyes got big, and he ran inside, and he grabbed his monster trucks, and he brought them out, and he starts making all the noises, and they're doing backflips and stuff. He's showing me, and I'm like, that's wonder right, right there. The little things that we love, when we see life through our kids or through kids, it doesn't have to be ours, that does something, I think, to, to seed and fuel our wonder. Just even as you were talking, I was thinking about when Jesus was surrounded by the kids, mm-hmm. and they're trying to shoo them away, right? and he says, no, no, no. Let them yeah. come unto me, because become like one of them. Faith like a little child, and yes. So, and the the faith of a child is full of wonder. It is, and believes the best, and you know doesn't question. Well, is it going to be this? Sure. It's just like you said it. I believe you for sure. There's faith, and there's there's hope in that. Mm-hmm. So, I think Jesus would affirm that. Hang out with I, the kids. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I think because he would. He, he wants us to to model that That's in our right. own faith. That's right. That's really good. Yeah, and I think there are a few people, I think, reading wonder word artist type authors is really helpful. I, there's a few that I like to read when I'm like feeling like, ah, oh, my wonder tank is, is running a little low. <laughs> I'll pull out something that Ann Voskamp mm-hmm. or Margaret Feinberg or uh, going back a little further, Max Lucado. They all have, it's, it's amazing, their gift. They've got access to the same palette of words that we all do. And yet somehow they find a way to string them together that stokes the imagination. And for me, in a lot of cases, kind of stirs that sense of, of wonder in my soul. And, and so sometimes a stimulus from someone who just seems to have that gift in that way with words and that and lives maybe a little more consistently in that, that posture of wonder can be uh, super helpful. Yeah, that's good. Anne Voskamp has a Christmas book. It's it's like an Advent type book, but okay. it goes through every day. I think of of the Christmas season. Mm. So as you're listening to this episode coming out at the first week of December, it might be worth checking that book out, and, and then you can be. go back and, and read those. That's you, right. You know, week of days that you may have missed, but there you I go. Fully and, agree. And Anne, you're welcome. There you go. <laughs> A little. Plug. We'll send this podcast to Anne. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, and then and then I guess one other thing comes to mind. Um, I've tried to get better at keeping what I refer to as a dream journal. Mm. It's just a place. It's it's sort of like a, a, a an on one page drawer full of dreams, things mm. that, man, at some point in my life or in my ministry that I'd like to get to. I may not be able to do it now, but I don't want to lose it, and I don't want to lose sort of the the whatever the Holy Spirit did inside of me to stoke that and to put it in front of me, because for me, I I, I think. 
part of wonder is always having something to look forward to. Mm. You want to live in the here and now, but to have something to look forward to mm-hmm. kind of creates that wonder because you find yourself occasionally asking, well, what would it look like to go after that? What would it look like to take a step? Maybe I can't get there now, but what would it look like to take a step towards this, this God vision that maybe he put on my heart? And so keeping uh, your version of a, of a dream journal where you store those things, those, those holy whispers that, that kind of ignite our soul is something that I kind of hold on to. There's something, I don't know, oddly compelling about having that there. Even though I may not be able to get to it, I know it's there and I can keep thinking about it over time. Well, it's interesting because as we, as we talk about engaging with wonder, it feels like it's it, a constant theme is engaging the senses, Yes, in great. different ways. Yes, right. Like I can picture a lot of people enjoying at Disneyland, and especially at Christmas time. Yep. Right, you stand out in Main Street, and and they have the fireworks show, yep. and it snows all that stuff, and right. you're just literally you can smell funnel be, cakes and apple bombarded cider with by every sense. <laughs> exactly right. Every sense is engaged. Yes, and it just elicits this idea of wonder. You're, you're like I, I I'm being programmed to think that this is awe-inspiring, yeah. right? Wonder. And so there's something there about engaging in, in some practices yeah. in, in your time, whether it's talking about your quiet time or engaging with kids or, or dream journal, it's something that is mm-hmm. sensory. Yep. Um, is, you know, it, I think it just, it, it changes your brain chemistry in such yeah. a way it's good. that it, it makes you think differently yeah. and see things a little bit differently. I love that, Jason. And, and thinking about that book, The Wonder Switch, the concept is, Sometimes our wonder switches in the on position, sometimes it's in the off. Yeah. And what is it that would represent stimulus that would switch it from the off to the on position? And I think sometimes when we feel a little bit spiritually dry or a little bit drained and our wonder switch might be off, some of these things that we've talked about, yeah. including potentially a trip to Disneyland, your listeners are going to thank you for that. We will not be paying for that, <laughs> but you are welcome to go and report back. <laughs> some of those things just help flip that wonder switch back on and help us to see the world um, that, that God wants us to see and be an active enjoyer of with fresh eyes and with fresh perspective. Definitely. Jason, thank you so much for your time. We're really excited, especially as we're getting into the Christmas season. Next week's going to start our two weeks of Christmas specials. So that's a, a, an experience for Wonder too. It's a nice auditory experience listening to Pastor Buddy uh, read through the Christmas story over two weeks. I can't um, wait. So, so make sure to check that out. And then um, make sure to check out um, our website at saddleback.com for everything related to Christmas, everything related to Light of the World, everything related to all the amazing stuff that we want to do to celebrate uh, this season together as a church family. So, Jason, thanks for your time. My pleasure, Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And, uh, friends, we we love you, and uh, we'll be back next week with the Christmas special part one. There you go. Merry Christmas, everyone. If you like this podcast, give it a like on YouTube or leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app. If you would like more resources around spiritual growth, be sure to check out saddleback.com slash grow. If you would like to ask a question or to communicate with us directly, you can reach us at maturity at saddleback.com.